1: We're going to get right into the word Numbers 29. Pull out your Torah scrolls if you can, uh, everybody. Just uh, if it's too large for the, the people around you, just ask them to move out of the way. Tell them you got a large scroll to pull out. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> numbers, please. Numbers chapter 29, Bavaka Shah. Numbers 29, please. Okay. Why are we here? Okay, we're going to be going through some scriptures, going to be examining a few things from the word of God. Why are we here? Not philosophically, why was I born? No, no, why are you here today, okay? (laughs) Why is there Rosh Hashanah in the first place? Numbers 29 verse 1 says this, On the first day of the seventh month, you're to have a sacred assembly. Check. Hey, all of you, look at you. Hey, Numbers twenty nine one yes you can put your head on the pillow tonight and say I followed a commandment okay that's good it didn't matter how you know maybe you missed a few of the other ones but you did that one okay you sacred some you were to do no laborious work it is for you a day for sounding the shofar sounding the shofar and we heard a shofar blast a little bit earlier. Uh, really a blessing to have, uh, Goldberg back from, uh, from, uh, one of our remote members from Oregon. And so really good to have, uh, Steve Goldberg love him. So when our service leader and, and, uh, and Goldberg does the shofar, far, they're both Goldberg. So it's Goldberg and Goldberg, you know, they Okay, so so Sacred Assembly, no laborious words to say for sounding the shofar. Okay, we're here for the Sacred Assembly, and we are sounding the shofar. But what's special about blowing that shofar? Wow, he can blow it really impressively. Uh, you know, people sometimes say, I'll, I'll visit, you know, sometimes or a, a church group will come by or something and say, oh, the rabbi, let's hear you blow the shofar. I'm like, oh, you don't want to hear me blow the shofar. It's, it's, it sounds like uh, some kind of a wounded cat when I try to blow the shofar. It's not, you know, people think, oh, the rabbi maybe had some training. No, no, I just, I can't do it that well. It's very bad. Uh, anyway, but I can appreciate and I know there's an important purpose for it, blowing the shofar. What's this so special about blowing it? You know, it's interesting. A few years ago, I actually gave a message, I think it was on Rosh Hashanah, about the uses of the shofar, and there are a number of different purposes for the blowing of the shofar. It can be used to notify people of something. So like, you know, we want to let you know something. The shofar is blast. It can be blown for Rosh Chodesh, of course, the beginning of each month. We see that in scripture, the blow of the shofar. Moedim, certain seasons to or, to organize citizens. Okay, you guys move this way, you guys move this way. A coronation, it's blown at a coronation, you know, there's a hint of that something to come, right? For, you know, we know in the times of the temple to announce the coming of Shabbat, okay, uh, it can be used for praise, it can be used for rejoicing before the Lord, it can be to announce. There are a number of different reasons that we see in Scripture for the the purpose of blowing the shofar, because again, what I'm trying to communicate is that if if this is Yom Teruah, Uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teru, the the day of the blowing of trumpets, the the, the day of the blowing of the shofarim, it kind of would be important to know why you blow the shofar. If it's the day of the blowing of shofars, the day of the loud noises that come from the shofar, okay, well, it would be good to know why, so that we know kind of why we're here, if you will, today. Because with all of those reasons said, and they're all good, valid reasons, and I've talked about them in previous years, However, there is one reason that we read about in scriptures when the shofar is blown most commonly. It is the most common reason in scriptures for the blowing of the shofar, and it has to do with war. It has to do with war. Yehoshua, Joshua chapter 6, uh, please. Bavakashah, Yehoshua, Joshua chapter 6, please. A lot of different times we see the blowing and hear the blowing of the shofar in Scripture, but the most common has in some form or fashion to do with battle, with war of some kind. Okay, and when we have our Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, that's today, then if this is the blowing of trumpets in the shofarim, then we probably should examine this a little bit deeper. We see here... Joshua and the children of Israel took Jericho. Verse 16 says, On the seventh time when the Kohanim blew the shofarot, Joshua ordered the people, Shout, for Adonai has given you the city. Ooh, praise God, right? Man, those shofar blasts, I could just imagine that back in the time of Joshua, when we were entering the land. Verse 20 says, So when the shofarot, that's just plural for shofar, when the shofarot blew, the people shouted, when the people heard the sound of the shofar, the people shouted a loud shout, and the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, everyone straight ahead, and they captured the city. Wow, that's a way to conquer a place, right? The people were to shout. It's interesting in that passage, actually, if you want to know what the Hebrew actually is, what's when they shout is the teruah. This is known as Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, is Yom Teruah or Teruah in the the scripture. And it's the day of loud noises, the day of shouting, the day of shofar blowing. Okay, what? God has given us the city. Someone say amen. You're with me. See, friends, the shofar can be powerful. Man, they blew those, those shofarotes. The people shouted, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, listen, don't do that here, okay? We don't want to. We want these walls to stay up, okay? It's very important. It's a different. It's a different situation there, right? Okay. Uh, the shofar can be very powerful. It has many uses, but today I want to focus us on the most common use. The most common use, as I said, has to do with war. Because we use the shofar so much on this special holy day, and it only makes sense that if God is focusing us today on the shofar, then obviously God is reminding us of its various uses, most prominent of which is during conflict. Okay, so let's dig into this if we're going to really take God at His word and and see why we're all here today and and provide some practical usages of this feast and festival that God has set up. Let's look at this for just a minute. Now, in today's world, in today's world, we thankfully are not faced with too many shofar calls for physical war. There's not as much, we are at least in America, at least today, thank God, not in a position where there is war, uh, a physical war within our borders, if you will. Now, in other places in the world today, there are, in different countries in Africa, and uh, in, in, of course, obviously, the big one right now uh, in, in Ukraine. Okay, there there is there's physical war that is going on. Okay, there's no question. But for us here in America, and probably you who are watching, uh, uh, in different places across the world, there probably isn't a physical war that's going on. So, so we're, if you will, although thankfully that's not the case today. What lessons can we learn nonetheless from the shofar as it pertains to, to battle and war that we can apply in our lives? Because I'm going to tell you, there are many. Well, what's the purpose? What is the purpose for the shofar in times of war? Okay, so we've established that the most common usage for the shofar is during times of war. Okay, fair enough. But what are the uses of that shofar during times of war? of war. Well, there were actually a number of different purposes for the shofar blast to go out during times of conflict or war. Oftentimes, it was used as, one usage of it during times of conflict, was as an alert, as an alert to get the people ready. So you blow the shofar because they're just going about their business, but the the, the scouts see the enemy approaching. And so you blow the shofar and suddenly you put down whatever it is you're doing and you become alert. And it's like you're not under the attack at that moment, but you better start getting ready because something's coming, you see, to alert. That's one of the purposes of the shofar. Sometimes the shofar was used to announce an attack. So, so maybe maybe you're all ready and the troops are all ready and in their foxholes or whatever, and, and you got the swords out. And then you hear that shofar blast And then you just start running, and you attack the enemy. That's another one of the purposes we see for the shofar. Another time, and occasionally, this is not as common, but occasionally a shofar was blasted in times of war to tell the troops to stop or to pause. Sometimes the enemy was just being routed, and there wasn't much of them left, and as opposed to stretching out the lines too far, the shofar was blasted, so the troops would, okay, we we got them. Let's stop, okay, so that we don't extend our line too much. Other times, the shofar in times of war was used to to announce victory. Yes, we have won the battle, and we, and we celebrate that with the blowing of the shofar. Okay, fair enough. So if we're going to honor the intent of the holiday of Yom Teruah, we should examine times in our lives when we should be blowing the shofar in times of war. We should be examining this in our own lives. Now, I'm obviously not talking about literally here. Now, sure, you can and some do sound the physical shofar in their own homes, and that's great, and some find the moving of God's Spirit in this. So so I've had every once in a while somebody tell me, I was praying for healing, and I just decided I felt led to blow the shofar, and I felt the breakthrough. I'm like, okay, that's great, man. That's battle. That's that's no problem. That that is a biblical kind of an application. That's wonderful. Okay, but even if we're not physically blowing a shofar, y'all, on Yom Teru, on Rosh Hashanah specifically, we should be thinking about the sounding of the shofar and when we should sound the shofar spiritually, or if you will, even on the inside. Why? But, But because of the fact that there are times in our life when we need to hear the sound of the shofar. But I honestly think that most people don't even realize that they are in an active war zone spiritually. Isaiah chapter 18, I'm going to go to. Well, what do I mean by that? I, I, I'm talking about, I think that there's a lot of people who go about their lives. I'm talking about believers also, not just people who don't know anything about God, agnostics or atheists. I'm talking about people who serve God but who don't realize that they're still actively in a in, in a spiritual war zone. So so what is it? I think we get lulled to sleep a little bit by the fact that there isn't any conflict in our borders and hasn't been any conflict in our borders in some time in most lifetimes. Within our borders, we've not had to bear arms and, 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 to, and to fight a foreign power trying to come into Atlanta, for example. Okay, and so our mindset is not in and, and that kind of a mindset, but spiritually, there is always a battle going on. And if we're not attuned to it, what happens when you have a, a combatant who's, who's out and, and, and you got your side and the opposition side and, and they just start going in, in no man's land? It ain't gonna be pretty. You understand that? Well, such is the case with, see, this is a time, the high holy days, y'all, are a time where God wants for us to stop and examine our hearts, examine our lives, think about these things. It's one of the purposes he has this in here. Isaiah chapter 18, verse three says this, all you inhabitants of the world and dwellers on earth, when a banner is raised on the mountain, look. Look. When a shofar is blown, listen, listen. Well, what is this holiday? Yom Teru, it's the day of the blowing of, of shofarots, the day of the blowing of trumpets, the day of the loud noises. Isaiah 18 says, when a shofar is blown, listen. So today, I would encourage you here in person or online to listen, to really listen to what maybe God might be telling you. He gives us instructions to telling us about the shofar. When it's blown, you gotta tune in. The shofar should make us stop and notice something. It's part of the purpose of this holy day, to stop and listen, Shma, To hear, to listen. It's what we need to be doing. Genesis chapter 4 in the Torah. Back in your giant scroll, Genesis chapter 4, Bavakasha. <laughs> Some of you have very small scrolls. It looks kind of like this. <laughs> it's interesting. My my small scroll. When I was in Israel most recently leading a tour, I I fell and my phone went flying in Bethsaida and uh near the Galilee and uh And my phone, I think, I don't, I prayed for it. I don't think it's going to be resurrected from the dead, okay? (laughs) It's going, y'all. Okay, Genesis chapter 4, you're familiar with the story. Cain and Abel, the brothers, they brought their offerings to the Lord. God was pleased with Abel's offering, but not Cain's. But God gave Cain a clear directive on how he could fix this. But you know what? He also offered Cain a warning. There was a warning that God offered Cain. And I would encourage you to heed and to listen, Shema, to this warning even today. Verse 6 of Genesis 4, it says, Then Adonai said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, it will lift. But if you do not do well, sin will is crouching at the doorway its desire is for you but you must master it ooh boy that's that's one of like one of those comments that just make you go ooh you know it's so deep it's just so deep beloved i want to tell you something when sin is crouching at your doorway sound the shofar sound the shofar sin crouching at your doorway is like an enemy gearing up for an attack it's right there at your doorway remember that's one of the purposes i alluded to earlier for the blowing of the shofar is to alert you to warn you the enemy is coming The enemy is crouching at the doorway. Sin is crouching at the doorway. You need to be alert that an attack may be coming. You need to be ready. Spiritually blow the shofar. In your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, take your head out of the sand. Take your head out of the sand. You need to be getting ready. Cain was not getting ready even after God warned him. Sin is crouching at your doorway. You must master it. Now what does this look like for for each of us in a very practical way? Well, when you are being tempted, when you are and listen everybody in this whole room sometimes is tempted with different things. When you are being tempted, Maybe somebody gives you the wrong amount of change. <laughs> you know the moment. you hand them the money, they give you money back, and you kind of go back to your where you're at and you're like, "Hold on." and you look at the money and, and you think, "Ooh, they gave me the wrong amount of change. They gave me too much money back." Hmm. That's a moment. You stumble across an inappropriate website. I'm not saying you were even looking for it. You, you, you all know you're clicking through different things and then, whoop, oh, there's an inappropriate website and something inappropriate there. Suddenly, it's a moment. You feel anger start to rise up within you. Maybe you're talking to your children or Maybe you're talking to your spouse, and suddenly you feel anger starts to rise up within you. It's that moment. What are you going to do? You pull out, you look at something, and you pull out your credit card waiting to make a purchase that you cannot afford. You, you find your coworker more charming than your spouse. Whatever the temptation, when you feel it coming on, sound the shofar, sound the shofar within you. Sin is crouching at your doorway. Sound the shofar, sound the alarm. Stop what you are doing and pay attention. You are at a crossroad. What are you going to choose to do? You haven't yet succumbed to the temptation, but it is right there. Don't let it come in your door. But in order to prevent the enemy from coming in, you have to have your guard up. That just makes sense. Rosh Hashanah is a reminder in part to blow the shofar, to sound the alarm that the enemy is approaching. And if the enemy is approaching you in whatever area of your life, and you know what? You might be sitting here right now saying, Well, I don't really, I I don't feel that right now. It might be tomorrow. It might be Monday at work. You don't know when that time's gonna come. It's oftentimes unexpected. There's a reason why in military circles, there's a thing called a sneak attack, because it's effective, it's unexpected. So you don't know when it's coming, and then suddenly, boom, you're that close to a situation. And and sin is crouching at your door. Boy, you gotta be mentally and spiritually prepared to <laughs> that that was my shofar, by the way. That was, I thought it was pretty good, really. Uh It's at least, you know, so far, so good. Uh, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, please. Yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Nehemiah, Babakash, Nehemiah chapter 4. <laughs> Another thing we do, friends, is we we sound the shofar to rally and protect our neighbors against attack. This is an important role for the shofar as well. Nehemiah and the returning captives and the remnant were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And, and if you read the account in Nehemiah, as they were rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem, A lot of the the enemies of the Jewish people did not like to hear these these guys are back rebuilding the walls, and so they would periodically come and attack them. Verse 9, Nehemiah 4 and 9, now when our enemies heard that their plan was known to us and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my men were doing the work, while half of them took hold of the spears, shields, bows, and breastplates, and the leaders were behind the entire house of Judah. Check this out. Those building the wall and those bearing the heavy burdens kept one hand on the work and the other holding a weapon. Wow, that's wild. So each of the builders had his sword strapped to his side while they were building, and the shofar blower was beside me. And I said to the nobles, rulers, and the rest of the peoples, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the shofar, join us there our God will fight for us. That is good. Wow. A sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. We must rally around each other when there is an attack. When that shofar is blown, what does this look like? let me tell you a little bit of what this looks like. When you hear an anti-Semitic joke or a racial joke or a misogynistic joke, sound the shofar. It's not funny. When someone's hurting, don't go to the other side of the road stop and help them. Pray for them. When someone is hurting or recovering, bring them meals. Text them an encouraging note. Give them an uplifting word. We need everyone who calls themselves a believer to be on the wall and not a wall. Oh, you like that one. Okay. You like that one. That was better than the other one. (laughs) And what does that mean? That also means regularly, emphasize, underlined bold, regularly in the house of God, supporting the work of the Lord. Why? Because we got to be on the wall with each other. Sound the shofar. You know, Bethel, even in a literal sense, more than most. Worship because of the nature of the kind of place we are, we have people come from much further distances than almost any other house of worship in all of Atlanta because we're unique. And so people come from great distances. We have members, and I'm talking about, yes, we have remote members who are watching right now, literally all over the world, even in other countries, but certainly all over the United States, every time zone. But even locals who come physically here on a regular basis we have locals that come from gainesville to to conyers to to dallas and beyond uh georgia not dallas texas hampton that's that's by where the, the atlanta motor speedway is mcdonough down there douglasville uh um jasper i mean we're talking about a, a long way away y'all we got to be we gather together on shabbat and tuesday nights and 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 if the and, and in our chaverotz right in our chaveras if that shofar is blown we should gather together ready to be with each other and help each other luke chapter 18 luke 18 This is an interesting one. This is one that I had to really kind of think about and contemplate, but then the Lord just ministered to me about it. There are times in battle, indicated by the shofar, where one needs to stop, pause, or regroup. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Sometimes in battle, they would blow their shofar, and it meant for the troops to stop, to pause, or to regroup. After Yeshua prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's such a special place, the Garden of Gethsemane. Wow. We almost have the, the website done so that you can register, but there are flyers now upstairs about the trip to Israel next spring. And after where we go to the Garden of Gethsemane, it's an unbelievable place. It's still today. It's wow. You can, It's, it's indescribable to be there. Yeshua was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then he left it after he prayed there, and he was soon after arrested. And when he was arrested, something happened. They arrested him, and and Peter was with him. And Luke 18, verse 10, it says, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the servant of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, and cut off his right ear. Wow. Now the servant's name was Malchus. So Yeshua said to Peter, Put the sword into the sheath. The cup the Father has given me, shall I never drink it? Wow, pretty interesting. Of course, we read in other accounts that Yeshua then healed the ear of the servant. Okay, so Yeshua goes and he heals the, the guy's ear, which is amazing. But one of the hardest things to do is to know when we should stop. There were a number of times in Scripture when the shofar would be blown for the troops to stop. It's interesting because in this case, Peter wanted to keep fighting. He wanted to keep fighting. But friends, in the end, the battle belongs to the Lord. We have to follow his instructions. And for the battle to be truly won, Peter had to stop. God had a bigger plan in mind. If the, if truly the war was going to be won, Peter had to stop. What does this look like for us? I'm going to be very honest with you here about something. It's so interesting when this happens. Sometimes, it's not often, but sometimes I'm with, in my role, of course, as rabbi, this is only going to make sense to you. Sometimes I'm with a very old, mature believer who's in a terminal condition, maybe at the hospital. And man, I'm praying up a storm for them. I am praying up a storm for them. Then at some point, I'm with with them, and they tell me with all love and spiritual maturity, Rabbi Kevin, it's appointed for all of us to die, and I believe that this is God's appointed time for me. Despite my own personal desires, it's time to blow the shofar. Heaven is about to become richer. Maybe you've shared truth with someone, you've shared truth with someone over and over and over and they're combative and they won't listen and they won't listen and they're combative to you. There are some times where Yeshua tells us, shake the dust off your feet. You have other battles and assignments to focus on that God has planned for you. Sound the shofar. It's time to take this battle elsewhere where it will be received. There are times when we need to stop. But then also, there are times when we need to go. There are times when we need to attack spiritually, one of the greatest mistakes, one of the greatest mistakes that war generals make is not to press the initiative. If you look throughout history, if you Look at the the stories of of war and and battles. Time after time after time, there's a a refrain that happens. So many battles and war were lost because the side that's winning stops before they should, and so the enemy is not defeated decisively. See, so a shofar can mean attack, attack. Luke chapter 10, please. Luke 10. So you have to know, brother or sister, you have to know what side you're fighting on. You have to know the the power of the side you are fighting on. Yeshua sent out 70 of his disciples, two by two, into many villages to reach our Jewish people. And in the process, they prayed for many, many people, and they themselves were blown away as they went into these towns right? And they were were praying for people. Things were happening. Miraculous things were happening. Signs and wonders were happening. And they were flipping, man. They were like, this is amazing. And they came back to Yeshua in verse 17, Luke 10, 17. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Master, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Yeshua said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you a authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you wow friends when you are in battle go on the offensive go on the offensive some of you do not realize your spiritual power in the name of moshiach yeshua in the name of the messiah yeshua there is authority there is great power. Sound the shofar. When you have these things happen in your lives, what does this look like? When you're battling loneliness, you're battling loneliness, maybe, and you're you're fighting it, and and maybe there's a message like this, or or maybe somebody calls you up, or maybe somebody texts you an encouraging word. Maybe you see something on TV. Maybe you look at the birds in the sky and, and the Lord speaks to you through it and you feel a little bit better. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Regarding whatever it is that you're going through, if you're overcoming pride, don't stop. If, if you're making some progress on pride, don't stop. When that loved one you've been praying for for years opens up just a little bit, press forward. Press forward. Kadima, Kadima, sound the shofar when you're coming regularly to services again. Don't let your guard down. Now is the very time to press in even more. Maybe you've had a, maybe you've had a, a, something special happen with your spouse where you're esteeming your spouse more. Maybe you read a book. Maybe something encouraged you. Maybe you just thought, you know, I'm going to try hard. And 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 you start esteeming your spouse, and and, and there's a a, some positive response, and you and you do something and you feel good about it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep it up. Keep the offensive. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Take more ground. Take more ground. Take more ground. Take more ground in your marriage. Take more ground in your relationships with your relatives and your friends. Take more ground. From the enemy. Tell other people about Messiah Yeshua. You see, friends, every time there's progress, if you follow, and I, I kind of follow it, if you follow the war in Ukraine, oftentimes, anytime there's a movement by one side, it won't take very long until the other side will do a counterattack. It just makes sense. You know this in, in battle and in war. If you start taking ground by esteeming your spouse more, Anticipate there's going to be a counterattack by the adversary and something's going to happen, and, and she's going, to, she or he are going to ruffle your feathers. And it's like, well, oh, man, I just tried to esteem that person. What are they saying? And you feel it rising up. That's sound the show for. No, 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 no. No, I take authority over that. I will not let that slow me down. I'm going to take more ground. I'm going to take more ground. I'm going to keep being positive. I'm going to keep encouraging. I'm going to keep uplifting. I'm going I'm to beat this. Take more ground. Because if you start slacking off, the adversary will be on you. If you get counterattacked and you're just kind of like, oh no, I'm being counterattacked, you're gonna fall right back in to the same old habits that you were in before you took ground. A lot of you are familiar with this and (laughs) just as an example that everybody can relate to is the weight area, right? You know, you lose the weight and you feel so good, but if you don't keep on the attack, what happens? Boo. You gain it right back, Right? Hey, listen, dunk in the Jordan seven times, not just two. Sound the alarm, stay strong, chazak. You are on the stronger side. Did you hear what the Lord said, the authority that he gave you, beloved? Matthew 24, finally, finally, when you have those battles in your life, and you really have something to celebrate, you got it. Sound the alarm. Sound the shofar. (laughs) Yeshua tells us about a victory moment. (laughs) And in those victory moments, got to sound that shofar. Matthew 24, verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a great shofar, and they will gather together as chosen from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Amen. Whew. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. When you achieve victory in your life, don't forget to give God praise. And you will. Oftentimes, we move on very quickly. We move on very quickly. Or we tend to take praise for ourselves. We tend to take all the credit. Never take any of the blame, but always the credit, right? (laughs) something bad happens, it's always somebody else's fault, or it's always circumstances, or something good happens. Wow, did you see my accomplishments? (laughs) Hey, let the sound of the shofar remind you of who gives you the victory and who gives you the breath to achieve it. What does this look like? Well, when you pray for and get that job or that promotion, sound the shofar. When someone who's close to you decides to start serving God, blow that shofar. Symbolically, you understand what I'm talking When you have a breakthrough in your marriage, sound the shofar. When when you pay off the credit card, you may want to. You pay off that credit card. You may want to find. I got to buy me a real shofar. I want to blow a real shofar for that one. You do it, all right. You should celebrate victories, but not in some kind of self-congratulatory way, but in a way that is thankful to your heavenly Father that enabled the victory. Okay, so beloved, let this Yom Teruah be a keen reminder for you about the sound of the shofar. But in your life, be ready to sound the shofar yourself, to be alert for the enemy, to be drawn together with the other team members, and soldiers in your army to pause in battle and to attack the adversary and finally to declare victory the title of my message is sound the shofar let's bow our heads I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that is you and you've never given your life to God but you would like to, how about today? Yom Teruah Rosh Hashanah. If that's you and you've never said a prayer to dedicate your life to God but you'd like to, lift your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. If that's you, just kind of wave your hand and say, Yeah, I want to turn my life over to God. If so, all it takes is a simple prayer. But wow, what better day to do it than one of the high holy days? If that's you and you've never said that prayer, but you want to turn your life over to God, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in here, I know. God doesn't care, it's between you and him. Is there anybody? Lord, I thank you, Lord. And for you who are watching online or maybe listening on the podcast, If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, say this simple prayer and God will change you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're here with us today, see me after the service. I just want to rejoice with you or send us an email if you're watching online. And Lord, let us remember the purpose and the intent of Yom Teruah as we are here on Rosh Hashanah sounding the shofar. And when we hear these shofar blasts in just about two or three minutes, five minutes, Lord, let us remember of the shofar that we should be sounding in our lives. So many different times, Lord, especially in times of war, conflict, and battle. It'll help us, Lord, to focus on what we need to focus on. I thank you for these things and bless you for them, and for this fine day, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen
0: and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethhallel.org, that's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G, or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at eight o'clock, or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.